Hey, we got this cold open this week. Cold open with hot takes. Uh, We're watching Terms of Endearment this week. And uh, we thought we'd discuss our favorite parent-child relationship in film. Cue Paul Simon. Uh. No? No mother-child reunion? No, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm not thinking, even sure what you're talking about. Oh, you guys were going cats in the cradle. Yeah. I was going, uh, wouldn't give you false I thought we were going just cats. So. Day. <laughs> yeah, cats. The incredible film Cats. The, the, looks, the masterpiece that is not. cats. Absolutely. We, we should absolutely. be covering it on the show, cats. Parent child relationships and cats. I don't know. No, unfortunately not. All right. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. All right. I cheated twice. I'll give you my cheats first. I like cheats. Uh, I went with Logan. Okay. Mm. That's not a cheat. I like that. It's it's kind of cheaty. Surrogate parent parenting. Yeah. I like it. But, now, uh, when you said cheating, I thought like you looked up a list or something. I didn't know you meant. Oh no, just, no, that's uh, that's every week I look at. Yeah, it. I, was gonna say, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Jonathan's doing cold opens without lists. No. <laughs> No, every week. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think the, the, that parent child dynamic is, it's thin, but it's there, um, especially at the end. Yeah. And it's, it's just gorgeous. Uh, my second one, another cheat is uh, Nani and Lilo. Mm, okay. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I figured that you would at least go, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, Again, if we're gonna give it to Logan, we got we we got to give it to blood relatives and yep. Nani was left in charge of her. Nani, Nani. <laughs> and my last one is, of course, obvious. Uh, goofy movie. Max <laughs> oh my god! Incredible. Thank you. Yes. I don't think I've seen that film. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and just don't. In fact, don't ever. Okay. Because I feel like you'd ruin it with your. Terrible opinions about good movies. Terrible I you, opinions. I think you mean logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so, think the, the the thing about Goofy movie is that the Goofy isn't a very good dad at the beginning. Paul always says he's not, but I think they become better as yeah. it goes on. No, I don't. I think I think it stays the same in the end. Mm. I think Max is a terrible son and Goofy's a bad dad, but I still enjoy the dynamic. I mean, mm. if Goofy becomes a better father, then an extremely Goofy movie can't exist. Right. Well. Yeah. He said it undoes everything. There you go. All right. Who wants next? I'll go next. I'll, uh, I got not necessarily a cheat pick. Yeah, there's no cheat picks here. Um, it's an interstellar, I think. Oh, Ooh. Um, <sighs> I finally saw that movie not too long ago. And uh, there was a guy who really loved the movie. Uh-huh. He stopped talking to me for a few days because Uh-oh. I kept giving him shit because love conquers all. What is wrong with that? Love is magic. Yeah, love is magic. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag love is magic. The second that happened in that movie, I was like, I'm fucking checked out now. Uh-huh. That's one of those that's, ones that's that uh, I, I know there's a, there's a lot of people that are either in the love it, hate it, or don't care kind of categories, but I cry my eyes out every time. That's great. Um, I also have about time, which I think. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's a Richard Curtis film. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That clears it up for me, Paul. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I knew you. I knew you'd be thankful for that. Yeah, we've mentioned it before because Jonathan likes Love Actually. It's I do like Love Actually, so, and I've been trying to get him. director. Who that. does? Hold on. Who doesn't love Love Actually? I don't. Okay. Well, and Love Actually is a Christmas movie. I just, yeah, I think that is maybe why you don't like it. Oh, I, 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 I love hate a lot Christmas, Christmas with a passion that burns within me. <laughs> but I like Love Actually. <laughs> I like a lot of Christmas movies. Die Hard, Shazam. Yeah. Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. No, these are all legitimate Christmas movies, though. <laughs> Adventures of Babysitting. They're not Hallmark Christmas, but damn it, they're Christmas. <laughs> all right, Zach, yeah. what else you got? Uh, mm, Pursuit of Happiness. You know, I, I think it's a good one, you know. Uh, and finally, I'll say this one. I don't know if Paul might have had it on his list because I know he likes the movie. Um, it's got a lot of complicated parental relationships, but um, Boyhood, I think, is oh, Boyhood's oh, one okay. of my favorite yeah. films. Yeah, so those are mine. The, those are ones that really kind of mm-hmm. get me in the heart. Nice, huh? good. So. Trav, what you got for us? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna have a long list, and my list is completely different as far as I picked a lot of maybe unhealthy. Uh, parent-child relationships. Yeah. This isn't. Oh, we need some of that, dude. I had Logan. And, <laughs> oh, well, I was so. I'll just go with. We covered it on Thursdays. The Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, her, her, and her son with the annoying fucking son. I, I can't stand that little shit kid. And uh, toxic relationship, man. Um, a movie that me and the girls watched last week that is uh, a favorite in this household. Not necessarily toxic, but it's uh, it works through it. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie, but Repo the Genetic Opera. I, I still have not seen that one. It that's is an incredible film. List. It's got a homegirl from Spy Kids as the daughter. Mm-hmm. Alexa Vega. And, yeah, and I don't know who the uh, father is, but, you know, it's... Uh, Toxic relationship where you know she kind he kind of tells her she's sick and locks her in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, yeah. Munchausen by proxy, huh? What's that? Munch Munchausen by proxy. Munchausen by proxy. Weird. And I had one more in my head, and now of course since we're on the list, I can't uh, think of it. So there's that. There's my three. That's all I got for you. That's all right. That's good. Well, Thank you. Uh, my first one, I'm, I'm shocked and kind of aghast that it wasn't on Jonathan's list. It's uh, Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> I knew that was going to be on yours. I fucking knew it. I only did it because I knew you would know that. Take a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my cri- one of my original criteria. Um, I'll go for a, uh, a mother-son relationship, I, I think. Uh, is is possibly one of the best examples of a parent who will go to any lengths to to uh, show how much they love their child, and of course that's uh, Mama Voorhees from mm. Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, <laughs> I think is an incredible relationship. I'm gonna let you finish because there was one I was gonna use as well. Are you gonna do Norm- bring it up? More yep. uh, Norman Bates. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, because you really get to see that relationship later on in the movies, right? Mm. And the show. And the show. Um, Vera Farmiga. Excellent in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another one in my head. Where did it go? It was actually I'm a gonna, good one, too. It wasn't a, it wasn't a joke one this time. 
I'm going to jump in real quick because I just looked at my letterbox list. If y'all haven't seen Coda, great parent, uh, you know, dynamic. First film I saw at Sundance this year. Loved it. Yeah. Throwing that one out there. Uh, Marley Matlin is excellent in that movie. Uh, I had a good one. Now now I can't even think of what it was. I was so busy joking about fucking Friday the 13th. (laughs) Sure it was a joke? Sounded pretty serious to me. Mm. Mm. Uh, is it real steel i bet it was real steel yeah, <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely real steel i mean it's based <laughs> off of, based off an episode of the twilight zone <laughs> oh lord uh is it uh, really oh, yeah it really is wow uh, i believe a richard matheson episode on top of that so the guy who mm. wrote i am legend mm-hmm. um uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and finish up with the hugo cabret and uh georges milliers from uh hugo which is a film I cannot wait to cover on Thursday. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A highlight of his career. I, I agree. Oh, it's probably, oh, I don't want to say anything and, and give away my <laughs> feelings on it, aside from the fact that I love that film. Yeah. And I, hey, I'm going to throw out one more emotional one, because uh, if y'all haven't seen the Val documentary on Amazon Prime, mm. you need to, because him and his son's relationship, it will have you in tears. Let me tell you, I, I cried multiple times during that documentary. I have Val Kilmer is like one of my guys. Like, I didn't know that this was a thing. He's Val Kilmer, so very high on my list of actors that I loved as a child. Like in 1995, Batman Forever was my favorite film. I love Willow. Top Secret's one of my like. It's my favorite film from the year I was born. Like I love Val Kilmer, and I. I cannot bring myself to watch that documentary because I know I'm going to Oh, no, you sob. need to watch it. You're sob. going to sob. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe none of us brought up any Disney Pixar movies. Well, I had Finding Nemo on the list, but I was like, eh, yeah. you know. You I know. brought up Lilo and Stitch. I felt like that was good enough. Uh, yeah. That's not Pixar, though, man. I'm, no, it's Disney. That's I've fine. had a Pixar day today because of Disney Plus Day, um, you know, because they were showing all the stuff they have coming out for Pixar, and then me and the girls were watching all the Pixar shorts and oh man so yeah i'm heavy on the pixar today well i'm gonna i'm gonna use finding nemo to uh say jonathan do you have a question or a statement you like to make yeah let's talk about a movie let's talk about a movie Hello, all of you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And joining us on this episode is our loving producer and good friend of the pod, Trav. Welcome back. Thank you. I missed last week. Yeah. What was it last week? Two weeks ago, probably. Two, Two weeks ago. Of fire. Okay. Chariots of fire. But I'm here. Excellent. Mm. We're Redemption. so happy to have you. <laughs> And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Risky Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what are we watching this week? Jonathan. All right. Today we're watching Terms of Endearment, a story about the most passive-aggressive mother in film history and her daughter who can do no right. (laughs) Mm. Excellent. Is this everybody's first time seeing this movie? Yes. 
Yes, no. actually. Oh, no for me. I'm actually shocked by that, Zach, which means I got one of mine wrong. Yeah. I think I know which one it is, too. I was going to say, Paul, in all fairness, though. At least one. This is kind of a new viewing for you because you're a new man now since viewing this film. That's fair. You last saw this film pre-children. Pre-children. Very, very pre-children. Jonathan. Oh, same. (laughs) Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Uh, first time, no, because I've seen it like a million times. This is another one of those my mom's favorite movies. So. That's good. Mm. This, this is a good one mm. to be a favorite. Um, yeah. For me, uh, when much like a, a, a few of the films on this list, uh, I just asked for best picture winners on VHS when I was like in middle school. And I guess <laughs> my mom was like, this is what he should have. <laughs> <laughs> So I mm. saw this in middle school and loved it then, of course, because of Jack Nicholson. And we'll see how that goes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine enjoying this movie in middle school. Middle school Trav would have not enjoyed this movie. Yeah, as a kid, I can't say I was a fan of it, but I, I, it, it, it definitely grew mm. on me. Mm. Dad, Dad Trav is a huge fan of it, though. Uh, Dad Jonathan had a rough time at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. All right, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Trying to think of a an adjective. (laughs) A depressing. Uh, I was going to say it was an incontinent April 9th, 1984. (laughs) It's an adjective. (laughs) That's an adjective. Uh, We're at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, Los Angeles, California. Returning after missing last week is Mr. Johnny Carson as our host for a fifth time. Wild and wacky stuff. Still doing terrible. Potatoes. Wild, wild and crazy kids. Love that show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our most nominated film on the evening is Terms of Endearment at 11. Our most awarded film of the evening is Terms of Endearment at 5. We are still on ABC, just just in case anybody's lost track of that. Terms of Endearment wins Best Picture over The Big Chill, The Dresser, The Right Stuff, and Tender Mercies. Uh, James L. Brooks, and his first time at bat as a director, wins Best Director for Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Uh, beating out a couple of heavyweights in Ingmar Bergman and Mike Nichols. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Duvall wins Best Actor for term, uh, Tender Mercies. Yes. Congratulations, Robert Duvall. Uh, Shirley MacLaine wins Best Actress for Terms of Endearment, beating out Deborah Winger, her co-star for Terms of oh. Endearment. Uh, Meryl Streep, also here for Silkwood. Uh, Best Supporting Actor goes to my god himself, Jack Nicholson, for Terms of Endearment, <laughs> picking up his second Academy Award after winning one in 1975 for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh Best Supporting Actress goes to Linda Hunt for The Year of Living Dangerously. Ooh. Forgot to mention that uh, Jack Nicholson beat out John Lithgow. Oh, yeah, he beat out John Lithgow for Terms of Endearment. <laughs> Holy shit. I did forget that. Thank you. Great going, Paul. What an asshole. Good God. Great gerb dare, hamstray. What, are you uh, new to this? Yep, quitting the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking for all of you that got excited for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Greg Neal. 
Uh, best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Tender Mercies. Uh, beating out War Games. <laughs> really interesting film to be in that category. <laughs> Philosophical. Indeed. As an IT student, that movie comes up way too much. Unfortunately, almost, only between me and my professors and none of the uh, none of my peers. The, the peers who are all 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a punch card? I will slap you. <laughs> I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Uh, best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Terms of Endearment, giving James L. Brooks his third Academy Award on the evening. Mm. Man, what a way to spend your first film just picking up every award yeah uh best foreign language film goes to fanny and alexander ingmar berkman picking up an academy award there i I guess it goes to sweden but ingmar berkman directed so also a christmas movie also a christmas (laughs) movie (laughs) also like 17 hours long yes why not why not? <laughs> there is a three and a half hour version. Yeah, that's probably the version that won. Because <laughs> it's actually like a television show that got cut down into like a three hour. <laughs> uh, best documentary feature goes to He Makes Me Feel Like Dancing. Well, away. <laughs> Make me feel like dancing. Best documentary short subject goes to Flamenco at 515. It was a dancing kind of night. Yeah, indeed. In the documentary categories, just cutting a rug, I guess. Best live action short film goes to boys and girls. Oh, congratulations, right. everyone. <laughs> now, wait, no, wait a minute. Um, so does that mean you and Jonathan are... Wait, when was the award ceremony? Did you guys miss it by a few months ago? We missed it. I missed oh, it by the, a few months. Like every single child or something like that. Oh, oh yeah. I, I was two months old, so I you, got... I have this Academy Award. Congratulations. 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 (laughs) It missed me by three months. Oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Uh, Guys, I don't even know what to say. I completely forgot about this Academy Award that I won when I was two months old. (laughs) Awesome. We are legitimized. Academy Award winner, Paul Workman. And I never worked again. I I tried to get on this It's not just a clever name. (laughs) I tried to get on as the baby and three men and a baby, but they work like, out for you though. They're like, you're four. <laughs> you already have an Academy award. We, we need something a little more. This... Low-brow. <laughs> we can't, we can't meet your quote price. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, best animated short film goes to Sunday in New York. Sunday. Spelled horse like shit. the dessert. Mm. Horse uh, shit. Are you saying horseshit because it beat out Mickey's Christmas Carol? Fucking right. The best fucking Christmas movie of all time. Mickey's Christmas Carol. It is a good one. It's very nice. That, that's a fun one. This makes no sense. That's, there is no God. Uh, all right. Best original score. Brings us to our podcast within a podcast. John Williams Oscar Watch. John Williams. Nominated for the Space Wizards Comeback, <laughs> the third yes. film in the, the Starry Celestial Battles series. Celestial Battles, yes. yep, yep. Uh, but he loses to Bill Conti for The Right Stuff. 
Ooh, very I'm sorry, Bill what? Bill Cunty. I thought I thought I thought you heard Bill Cosby. That's why no. I was like, <laughs> "That's the wrong stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did enjoy the right stuff score. That's a really over Star score. Wars. Ugh. Well, he's you know, already won. I don't get it. Way. Yeah, it's. I don't I mean, give a fuck. Much of a What's difference? that got to do with anything? <laughs> it's so what much that recycled from previous movies. I'll I tell you that. when I'll tell you when I get upset for in the same category. We'll get there in a minute. Oh. Bill, Bill Bill Conti win for Rocky or was he nominated? He didn't win for Rocky. I can't remember. I don't think he won for Rocky because I because I knew he was an Academy Award winner and I was kind of shocked that he that I didn't read his name out under Rocky. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, you said you're you're upset in the same category. That uh, not not this category. We'll get there. Okay. Oh, well, okay. I was going to also say why isn't Superman three nominated in, in this best score? I mean, it's let's literally be real. the same score as Superman. Exactly. And it should have been nominated every fucking year that it came out. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm not that. saying you're wrong. Okay. At least he did get a nomination for the first one. Uh, all right. Best original song score or adaptation score goes to Yentl. Best original song. <laughs> Nobody said it. Papa, don't preach. I was, That's I was, different. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving. I was saving that reference to this next category: best original song, which goes to Flashdance. What a feeling from <laughs> Flashdance, beating out Papa. Can you hear me? <laughs> so here's where I'm upset. Okay, how did Yubby Up not get fucking nominated? There, uh, I cannot understand that myself. Bullshit. Also, uh, all that talking about John Williams, Michael Gore lost for Terms of Endearment and best original score. Okay, back to Yub Nub. Yeah, just. Yup, nope, didn't even get nominated. Yup, nope. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> it is bullshit. I don't understand. Also, that the Man- fact that Maniac, yup, gets Maniac fucking nominated. Gets nominated. We could take Maniac out and put Yub Nub in there. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Best sound goes to the right stuff over Terms of Endearment. Why Terms of Endearment is in the sound category, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not saying the sound was bad, but a lot of rustling going the, on. The, the, yeah. the sound effects on some of the smacks in the latter part of the movie. Uh, I guess, yes, especially when she smacks the ever loving fuck out of that kid. I can't kid. wait to talk about that because she just <laughs> rocked that kid. <laughs> I was shocked that kid's jaw wasn't broken. Um, best sound effects editing, I believe, is our first year on this category because it. It was a, a special award last year. Now we have it as a category. It goes to the right stuff, beating out Return of the Jedi. Sorry, Ben Burt. No, the mm. fact that there's only two also in the category. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's usually how these categories start out. They should pop video drum in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, what's the point of the category? Because we knew they weren't going to give it to Return of the Jedi, so why didn't they just make it another special award and just give it to the right stuff? Like, it, this is pointless to me. Mm. 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 Uh, best production design goes to Fanny and Alexander. Mm. Uh, beating out terms of endearment. Best costume design goes to Fanny and Alexander. Best cinematography goes to Fanny and Alexander. Spin Nightfist. Represent <laughs> fist what? <laughs> fist of fury. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
My Make God. This- yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nykvist beats out Caleb Deschanel for the right stuff. Of course, the father of Emily and Zoe Deschanel. Really? Yes. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. No joke. I thought Deborah Winger looked exactly like in like the first act of this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like looked just like Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel with um, Kathleen Turner's voice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best film editing goes to the right stuff, beating out terms of endearment. Our honorary award tonight goes to Hal Roach in recognition of his unparalleled record of distinguished contributions to the motion picture art form. Gene Herschel's award goes to MJ Frankovich. And Special Achievement Academy Award goes to Richard Edlin, Dennis Murin, Ken Ralston, and Phil Tippett for the visual effects of Return of the Jedi. Wow, a little upset on that one. Why is that? No love for Kroll and that those visual effects mm. <laughs> off the charts. No, they were too busy looking at Peter Yates's other film that you're the dresser. Yeah, what can you do? Indeed, and that's our breakdown. All right, yeah. mm. all right. So let's talk about this movie. Let's talk. Mm. It it is a. I don't know what to call these types of movies where it's just kind of like the life of. Because like you would look at like if in the terms of anime, I think this would be considered a slice of life. Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to film, I guess you could kind of call it that as well. Yeah. Um, just you know, depressing as fuck at the end. Very. Very. Um, it kind of has a little bit of everything in this movie, doesn't it? I don't know what you mean by, it's by like, everything. It's like the um, kitchen drawer that you know, the, yeah. the junk drawer. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, well, there's no it's, lightsabers. Let's clear oh, that up. The, okay, the, there is no lightsaber, so there there is no not much sci-fi in this movie outside of the way Jack Nicholson survived flying off his fucking car like that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Other than that, no, I mean, it had a lot, it had a good amount of comedy, a lot of drama, some romance. I mean, it just literally had everything in it except for lightsabers. Um, I really like this movie. I definitely appreciate it more now than I did as a kid. Um, and again, dad, Jonathan did not appreciate the ending of this fucking movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit takes a fucking turn. Yeah, it really yeah. does, and it just comes out of nowhere and hits you like a ton of bricks. Like when she talks to her kids, you're just like, "The fuck." Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was rough. Yeah. However, I got to disagree. I don't think it takes a turn. Um, what else was going to happen? Because again, I mean, nothing happens in this movie, movie. Nothing happens in this movie for the first hour and a half. That's any excitement I at all. Disagree. It's, and well, there's there's nothing going on besides basic life, basic relationship stuff. Yeah. And then we get to okay, now this movie's got some fucking meat on the bones right here. This if they don't have this ending, this movie's not good. I disagree. I, I think there was that. a lot of meat. I just think that it had not such exciting like yeah, I mean I I see what you're saying, but I yeah, I I think that the movie 
if it didn't end the way it did, it yeah, I think it maybe would have been a different movie. But I don't think it would have been a bad movie at all. No, I I think it's good human drama and it like Jonathan said, it's a good slice of life and it it's not trying to go above and beyond and it's really letting you live with the characters and get to know them as people so that when this turn happens, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. yeah but I don't think we watch cinema to see regular life though, is all I'm saying. Um, if, if reality television was actual reality, nobody would watch it, but because it's so hammed up and so dramatic, um, it makes it interesting for people who are into that kind of stuff. And I don't want to see regular relationship shit, dude. Something has to happen. Even slice of life animes, something happens in those animes that cause some sort of drama. It's not just raising kids and having relationship problems. Well, I don't mind that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I lived that. We lived that kind of stuff. I don't want to watch it. (laughs) I get you. That's understandable, but I feel like there are there is a demographic for for people who do want to see that thing. Um, I, yeah, I'm with Paul. I'm kind of one of them. That's, yeah. that's I, why I'll, I'll send you my home I'm, movies I'm cool. so you can watch my home movies since awesome. uh i'm i'm excited for that i <laughs> yeah. mean that's why i love boyhood so much since it was boyhood. brought up boyhood is just life and it's watching human beings grow i mean shit happens because shit happens in life yeah but none of it's overplayed none of it's overly dramatic i i feel like this film has a little a little more theatricality to it well i mean there's a dude named flap yeah <laughs> yeah so. well but on top of that i don't think this film's over dramatic though these are real responses that people would have in these oh, situations no. oh sure i'm not saying that there are definitely over but so like this is so this is a movie of characters i think mm-hmm. so you have shirley mclean who is that overbearing yet very familiar while still being for far away kind of person which She's like a conundrum within herself. Like, just like, like I said, she's, she's very like overbearing, but she can have that weird relationship with her daughter where it's like, you see her in the beginning where she's like, Oh, kid died of crib death. Like the fuck? Like, this is the (laughs) kind of woman we're going to get. We're getting some mommy deer shit going on here, but she could just sit there and just sit there and gossip with her, like without even saying hello on the phone. It's just, here comes the gossip. Are you ready to talk? Like, like we're friends. So it is, and seeing her be very, you know, kind of uppity a bit, like very snooty. And then you get her interactions with Jack Nicholson, who is just the fucking opposite. And it, mm-hmm. and it works. Like that, it is just a a movie of characters, and just everybody is just doing everything absolutely wrong. Literally, every person in this movie is doing everything wrong, but it works until you die of cancer. What do you mean they're doing everything wrong? So, like I said, Shirley MacLaine at this point is throughout the entire movie is not a great mother, but still ends up being a loving mother throughout the movie. You still see it who raises a woman who is still ends up being a good mother herself. Jack Nicholson is a fuck up who just happened to be also an astronaut. (laughs) 
like who is nothing but chasing after girls well under age that should be appropriate. My, and my yet, favorite, my typical favorite Jack Nicholson movie shit. Is the, <laughs> when he's talking to the granddaughter, <laughs> she's like, he's too old for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's too old for him. <laughs> she knows how to pick the pretty ones. Little old for her. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, and then you get flap who <laughs> is literally a fucked up throughout the entire movie. That guy cannot do right at all for anything. Gets everything that makes that, that he gets that's good is given to him through charity. And, he still fucks that up, but it still works out for him because in the end, he still gets the job he wants. Doesn't have to worry about his kids anymore. Like, and if you watch the evening star, he becomes semi-successful in LA. Don't watch the evening star, by the way, (laughs) that shit sucked. That's, that's so why I, like, I stopped after about an hour and 15. I was like, no, I can't even go the extra 45 minutes from this movie. That's why I hadn't seen it up to this point because it's pretty much all I had ever heard about it. So when I posed the question last night with, should I watch this movie? <laughs> I'm glad that you took that bullet for me because, yeah, God, it was just terrible. Like they just turned it into this 90s comedy, and Bill Paxton is just not good. Like, <sighs> um, before I hand this off to Zach, though, I just want to piggyback off uh, something that you said, John, about people being fuck ups. And that's where I kind of think there is no fuck ups in this movie. It's just you can or cannot agree with decisions that are made. Sure. But I don't think there's any real fuck ups in there. There's nobody strung out. There's no, everybody is mildly successful. They're doing what they're quote unquote supposed to do in society, right? They're going to work every day. They're taking care of their kids. They're paying their bills. There's no real fuck ups to me in this movie. So I think fuck up may not be the word, but I think bad decisions throughout the entire. And that's what I mean. I think that, yeah, right. Well, that. That's dependent on the situation, right? Because Deborah Winger's character, you can say she's scummy for cheating on Flap without knowing 100% that Flap is also cheating, even though she has suspicion. Yeah. But you can or cannot uh, say, well, I don't blame her. You know what I mean? That's the decision yeah. for well, it, Zach to make or me to make or Paul to make, depending on how we look at it from the side of the fence that we're on. Mm. No, right. I, 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 like I said, I think fuck up might not have been the one. Like, I'm not saying everyone in the movie is strung out, but I am saying bad decisions were made by all at all times. And whenever a decision was made where the sign says, go this way, they decided to take the left path. I feel like that's every time. In general. Like, Zach, like, what you got? So I've been sitting here listening because this is another one where I just don't really know how I feel entirely about the movie. I, um, I've owned it on DVD for a while and you know, I try to avoid reading too much about movies, but this is one where they basically give the whole plot away on the synopsis on the back of the DVD. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. It says ter- terminal cancer like there. Okay. I know she's going to die. So that takes away a lot of the emotional the punch. punch for me. Um, sure. And God, the music is God awful. <laughs> melodramatic sitcom bullshit. I hate it. Absolutely. <laughs> but this is God, before what? before those sitcoms, right? Yeah. Like, so what? they they took it from this movie, Probably. correct? What what know. film? 
what film was I complaining about the music the other week? Tootsie. Tootsie. Yes. The Tootsie music sounds almost exactly like this. Really? <laughs> Good luck watching that shit. And there were so many transitions where it's like literally like front of the house, like the sitcom stuff that you're used to these days with the music or family guy or whatever. It, and I mean, that, that took me out of it. I know it, it precursed these other things. And, and I believe James L. Brooks was a sitcom writer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he carries some of that stuff with him. Yeah. I, um, I like it. I like it, but I don't love it. And I've got some minor complaints about, um, like, I think Jack Nicholson was really good in this, but I think, uh, Sam Shepard should have won the, the Oscar. Jack Nicholson probably should have had his second one before this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's he's, you know, I know a lot of people say this. He's he is essentially playing himself, like even the personality and like his lifestyle. Aside from being an ass, the sunglasses on at all times. Yeah. <laughs> he this this is the one that I guess kind of staples down the Jack Nicholson movie star from this point forward. I agree. I agree with you though. That, I don't think he should have won Best Supporting Actor neither. I I think he's really strong in this movie, and I'm not upset that he won. I'm I'm gonna go ahead put aside my Jack Nicholson feelings for a moment. I think it's a really strong performance and it's a lot more layered and nuanced than I remembered it being. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, it, and, and that's saying like, you know, Jack Nicholson is my favorite actor. End of story. Uh, and I never saw this as that nuanced a performance, but this, this watch, it's like, man, he's doing a lot of stuff in it. Like mm. he's going some places I forgot about. Because I almost completely forgot that he sh- even shows up in like the last half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't they disregard him in the sequel? Like he's just not there anymore. Like she's not there. dating him. He he comes back. Yep. But she's not date. She's not with him though, right? I, I not gonna lie. It's been a while since I've seen it, and I could not get to that part yet. Oh, okay. All I know is in the beginning of the movie, they kind of like brush him away because he went and moved to Oregon to go have a family. <laughs> but yeah. I do remember he does come back because I'm but yeah. it, it took well that more than half the movie to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not upset that he won, but I do kind of agree Sam Shepard and Absolutely Sam Shepard should have won that award. That he's so good there's, in that. It's not even an argument to me. I think um aside from those two, it was kind of a weak category from what I'm familiar with. Oh no, with Charles Durning and to be in, not to be is really good. Okay. I'm not sure why uh, John Lithgow's on there. He he was fine, but I I I, I would have I would have taken him out. Put Jeff Daniels in. I think Jeff Daniels really strong in this. Movie. Yeah, I think Jeff Daniels was much better than uh. Yeah, Lithgow's good in it, and he yeah, is and good yeah. in it, and, and I so, loved his character. I, so I was I was I was rooting for. Him. I was like, hell yeah, he's banging her. Hell yeah, <laughs> get that, you some. That scene where she's like, "Have you ever tried to have your wife be on top?" He's like, "No, no, that's not really her thing." <laughs> Have you seen it so adorable <laughs> six hundred times? <laughs> six hundred times. Uh, yeah, Deborah Winger is so fucking adorable. My oh, she's so oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She still looks the same, just older now too. Yeah, I, I love her and everything. She's America's sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. I love I, her. I like her a lot in this movie, and I think she's shockingly convincing as like what like 16 17 year old her 
up yeah. until Absolutely. up until the end of the movie. Like yeah. they Absolutely. did a really good job aging her. Yeah. They did. The the kids uh were interesting. I the younger son reminded me a lot of my my middle son. And that that kind of choked me up, especially like when he's crying and as as he's leaving the hotel room. The elder son, I I could understand what they're doing with him, but I wish they'd had a little bit more. I don't know. I guess when Nicholson takes him aside at the end and kind of see, I know. thought that was sweet at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the Evening Star doesn't he become like a criminal or something? Yeah, he's in yeah, jail. He's in jail. <laughs> yeah, God, lovely. <laughs> Trailer just straight up shows him in jail. Yeah. I like it though because it shows a kid from what he sees where he's at home with his mom all day and he's kind of seeing he's so used to her all the time and what he sees is his dad busting his ass mm-hmm. gone all the time yeah and i saw so i get it like i don't think any kid's wrong in the situation and again they're kids dude yeah you know yeah. what I mean, I mean that's what i really liked about it and as as kids like you generally tend to pick a parent you don't mm-hmm. think you're doing it, but you do. And then that parent kind of gets held into esteem. And I think I think they write him really well. James L. Brooks did a really good job writing that character. Yeah. And speech in the hospital bed even more powerful to him, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good moment. Uh yeah, I think overall this is really just an actor's movie. This is this is a yeah. film for actors by a guy who is a sitcom writer. So, you know, that's a person who normally writes characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody in this film across the board, is just really good. Yeah. 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 No, I no, Shirley, Shirley McLean's um, incredible. I like, you talked about her being so kind of uh, distant and gossipy on the phone, but still, you know, loving her daughter in her own way. And, and then when she finally passes and then she just breaks and, cries oh, God, that was that was so i actually made it through her talking to the kids yeah but when it shirley mcclain went off done that was it yeah. that was the moment that got me i was like yeah. i'm gonna do good i've seen this movie a few times i'm not gonna cry fuck <laughs> just watching shirley mcclain watch her daughter die was yeah such a fucking kick in the nuts like yeah it man yeah absolutely I don't mean for this to come off any sort of way neither but Flap I like how even though he was cheating on her he still really really loved her and cared about her and mm-hmm. right. they made that a point you know when it hurt him too you know what I mean And yeah. just, I think just I'm, maybe it's because I'm split from the mother of my kids and you know if something happened to her it would really affect me too so I guess yeah. I can kind of agree with it a little bit more and sympathize with it. But I just really enjoyed that just because he wasn't in love with her like that relationship wise yeah. doesn't mean he didn't love her and care about her. And this really hurt him. Right. Yeah. And, and that scene when he comes back to her and she's so excited that they're talking that they're again. talking and he wore the tie. Yeah. It's <laughs> just beautiful. Yep. And then, uh, and then, her friend, her childhood friend, sitting next to him on that bench at the, mm-hmm. at the uh, the way, crying, and he just leans over to her and starts crying. I, yeah, we don't need to talk about the ending too much. <laughs> I've had enough. It's so good though. It's just so well written. <laughs> yes, 
the, the whole wake scene is beautiful from from start to finish it is and i know zach said that it took the punch out you know reading the synopsis on the back and i read the synopsis on wikipedia so i knew that she was gonna die and i'll tell you what even though i knew it it didn't take away anything from me dude i was bawling mm. while i was watching it i yeah. got misty but it just didn't hit me as hard as it might have oh, i guess man. Yeah. i mean i I've been watching this for over 20 years and it, it, it hit me like it was the first time I had watched it. It was, yeah, yeah pretty much. I just cried the last 20 minutes straight the whole time. So, huh? I should have, I should have had like a pint of Ben and Jerry's cannoli. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We frequently get Ben and Jerry's for our movie watches around here mm-hmm. too. Ben and Jerry's. All right. So has anybody got any more notes on this movie? Uh, did anybody notice the voice of, uh, Shirley McLean's husband at the beginning? Oh, no. oh, I read a note about it and I completely forgot. I mean, it sounded like Jeff Daniels. It was yeah. Albert Brooks. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, that's why I wanted to use Finding Nemo as a transition point. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so we got a uh, a Larry David Seinfeld situation going oh, on. Oh, yeah? Where we just got a voice coming in, but they're not really, if you know, you know, kind yeah. of deal. Right. Yeah. All right. Well... Paul, yes. Is this movie in the library? No, this huh. movie is not in the Library of Congress. What the fuck is wrong with them? Some That's kind of wild. bullshit, actually. <laughs> this is a really good movie, and it's really yeah. important in the pantheon of of emotional dramas. And I am upset about this. <laughs> so this As is two years. In, is this two years in a row where the Oscar winner is not in the library yet? So I, last year was a well, British the last film. two were the British. last two were British, British films. films. Yeah, oh, and okay. ordinary people wasn't in there. Okay, okay. or so, that's what I was thinking. Ordinary people. Okay, so let me go. So back. four weeks in a row now is what you're saying. Let me go back here. Kramer versus Kramer. Also, Kramer versus Kramer wasn't in, so that's five. But two are voided out because they physically can't go in because they're British. Right. Films. So yeah. so take out the two British ones, and that's that's three. Yeah, Deer Hunter's the last one to get wow. in. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait bullshit. to hear what's in there this year okay. it's a very short list yeah <laughs> I can't, can, i'm not even going to do the, the sarcasm this time because that's wild too because there's so many films that came out this year that are great films uh, yeah wait till you hear this list yeah because it is it starts weak as shit okay christmas story i get it though I yeah. get it's it. It's not my favorite Christmas movie, but I get it. It's an but iconic w- Christmas movie. When when Terms of Endearment's not in and Christmas Story is, the right. fuck. Well, in all fairness, I think Christmas Story is more iconic to Christmas movies than Tears of Endearment is to movies in general, uh, in my opinion. Disagree. <laughs> yeah. I'm Christmas you. Story wasn't even a hit when it was released. It wasn't until Most it was Most Christmas shown. movies aren't, though. It's a Wonderful Life was a bomb. We've talked about this. And yeah. now it's a revered Christmas movie. So took, I don't think that necessarily means took anything. decades to get there. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so next one. El Norte. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't even know. A, <laughs> I feel like I've heard of that. Which is but. funny because that's a UK slash US uh movie. I British feel like when Amer- Paul don't know what the movie drama. is. Oh, Gregory Nava. Ooh, yeah. Uh Michael Jackson's Thriller, the music video. That's that makes no sense, but okay. I mean, perfect it, sense. It, I mean, no, I, I love that music video. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I just it don't revolutionized. Film. 
Oh yeah. Well, and the right stuff. That's our rightfully so. And that, and rightfully that's so. it. Yep. All right. Who wants to guess what went in first and what year it went in? Um. Uh. Right stuff in '97. I was I was gonna say right stuff in '98. I'm gonna go Christmas Story 2001. None of you got it. None of you got those years right either. Uh, wow. Right stuff yeah. went in in 2013. Mm. That's wild. Christmas Story goes in in 2012. Michael Jackson's Thriller goes in 2009, and the first one in is El Norte, okay. 1995. Wow. Is that, the MJ, is that the year MJ passed? 2013? Or 2009? Is that right? That's, that's been maybe. over a decade now, right? So. Yeah, I think he died in... Is it 2010? 2009? I, 9 or 10. Uh, that sounds about 2009. right. 2009. Yep. Okay, oh. so they literally only put this video in because he passed, in my opinion. I'm just saying I, that. I don't agree with that. They Most put it in that year because he passed. Well, that if they year, voted before, he... Uh, no, yeah. because, uh, I, I think that's uh, too the, strong of a coincidence. The class, the class goes up in December. We'll be talking the 2021 oh, class right. in December. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's probably true. That it went in that year because he died, but I think it deserves to be in there just because of what it did for music videos as a medium. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can agree; it's an incredible, incredible music video. Uh, <laughs> you know, changing, but I don't see how it's a film going into the full into version. A, like a ten minute, I can't remember how long it is, but I think it's eleven minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So it's essentially a short film in, unto itself. Yeah. yeah. All right, so who wants to guess the top-grossing film? Return of the Jedi all day. El Norte. There's no way. Uh, uh, dresser. <laughs> <laughs> so it very much was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And guess no number two. Number two is Terms of Endearment. Number isn't two it? was yeah. fucking Terms of Endearment. Really? I think I remember that from when Blake Check covered the show it or this, this movie because the they did all of a. They did James L. Brooks's filmography. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, number two. Still That's crazy, because uh, honestly, I would have guessed Flashdance at number uh, Number three. Number three. Okay, so there we go. There yep. you go. Flashdance, then Trading Places, War Games, Octopussy came God, out that Trading year. Trading Places is so good. What number was Trading Places at? Four. 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 A rated R comedy was the fourth highest grossing film of the year. That is so fucking wild. Eddie, so, though. It's Eddie in 93. So that brings me to a point that I was going to make. This is a year where it makes no fucking sense why the Academy does not have best comedy. Christmas Story, right. Meaning of Life, right. National Lampoon's Vacation, and Training Absolutely. Places. Four, that's a full fucking category right there. And Dead Zone. It, <laughs> oh, this was the year of fucking... Stephen King adaptations because yeah, Dead Christine Zone, came out. Christine and I was about, um, Cujo, Cujo all came out this year. Is that is yep. that the one with uh, Drew Barrymore as a kid? That's Firestarter. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Christine's also the car one. Out. Yeah, Christine's the car one, but the the killer car. Killer car. Yeah, there was a lot of great and iconic comedy that came out this yeah, year. Risky business. Maybe not meaning of year. life, but meaning of life is my favorite. Risky business. Life. And yep, and risky business. I mean. Oh no! The meaning of life is incredible. <laughs> Mr. Mom came out. Ah, Mr. Mom. <laughs> I love. I love Michael Keaton in comedy is gold to me. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Yeah. He, he was a comedian. 
Did you know how many times I do multiplicity quotes and people still oh, know what I'm talking about? I was, about? Say, I was <laughs> going to bring up multiplicity. It's one of my favorite comedies to watch. My, my favorite Michael Keaton comedy will always be Johnny Dangerously. Ooh, good one. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Does he have a bad one, though? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure great. he does. I don't mean it literally. I'm just Beetlejuice saying. is great. Snow Dad is better than No Dad. I was going to say Jack fucking Frost. Uh, Frost. What is it called? Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Jack Frost, yeah. <laughs> Starring Michael Keaton and Henry Rollins of Black. Henry Black. Rollins. <laughs> okay. All right. So now let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Trav. Yes. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? Um. Well, before I answer that, I got to say, I am not... I'm not on here all the time, but, you know, obviously, I I listen every week. So, <laughs> I don't understand the Academy sometimes, man, and how some of these movies just don't get into the categories over others. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really enjoy this movie, but I'm going to say no. I don't think it deserves Best Picture. I Again, this thing is gut-wrenching, and it had me crying for 20 minutes. But after watching the right stuff, there's just no way this movie's better than the right stuff. Like, there's just no way. That movie was incredible. I, I didn't, you know, Paul kind of informed me that how iconic the movie was, quote unquote, for certain things. And that movie's incredible, dude. I just, I don't understand how it was passed over as the best picture this year, so... I'm going with no. I think the right stuff's the best picture this year. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Zach? So, two of the uh, best pictures I didn't get to, nominees I didn't get to watch this week, which were The Dresser and The Big Chill. So, I have to refer to Paul. I know I said something about one of those. So, um, of the three I have seen, uh, I have to say no. Also, I, I like the right stuff better. I think it's a better made movie. Um, and I've got about 20 minutes left of Tender Mercies, but I'm actually <laughs> enjoying that maybe even more than this. So it's my three of the, the three I've seen. I also, but for me personally, the, the dickhead that I am, I think Fanny and Alexander should have won. Um, and I think Bergman should have won best director. I don't really get what um, James L. Brooks uh, it was fine, but I don't think there was any magic behind the direction of the movie. Um, Alvy Singer Zelig should have been nominated, probably. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got to say for now. All right. Well, uh, you're both you both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually going to turn into Paul for a second and more say um, up against other movies, probably not. But am I unhappy that this movie won Best Picture? No. Um, I think it does deserve Best Picture. Uh, the problem is, I was going to watch the right stuff, but I ended up watching Home Sweet Home Alone instead. Or See, poor decision-making, and that's from watching this movie. <laughs> no, that's what it is. No, that poor decision-making. Poor decision-making, yes. but um, And I'm sure the right stuff is a better movie. I'm sure it is, but I don't think this movie doesn't deserve Best Picture. I think, like Paul said it best, where this is an actor's movie. 
Um, I, I, I enjoy a character driven film. That's what this was. And there really weren't many, if any missteps done in this film. So I think it absolutely does deserve it. Paul. All right. Uh, so I did, I did watch all five of these and I'm happy I did. Uh, so let's do the ranking thing. Uh, my number four of the non best, the, the non winners is going to go to the dresser, a film that it's another actor's film. And I think, uh, both the actors that play the two main characters are great. Both, uh, Tom Courtney and Albert Finney deserve their nominations. I just don't think they did everything they could to elevate the material on film. Um, this is a, a, a play I really want to see now and see how it plays on stage versus on film. Cause sometimes when plays feel a little too stagey on film, it's off putting. And this one was one of those for me. Uh, also, there's a version with Ian McKellen and Anthony Hopkins. Ooh. And, uh, is it also Anthony, called The Dresser? Yes, it was also called The Dresser. It came out in like 2015. Sounds Anthony Hopkins better. plays the Albert Finney character, who's this aging actor who, if I really want to check out Anthony Hopkins play it, because Albert Finney is just chewing scenery like a motherfucker in this movie, <laughs> and it's kind of incredible. Uh, so... So I want to check that out, see how that goes. But uh, as it goes, that's my number four. My number three is uh, Tender Mercies, a film I really enjoyed, a film I thought was uh, quiet and beautiful, and Duvall deserve best actor. He's so very good in this movie. Mm. Um, I don't know. It, it just didn't hit me emotionally the way I was kind of hoping it would, even though it kind of feels like maybe it wasn't trying to so maybe i i need to sit with it for a little bit longer maybe mm -hmm. i need to rewatch it it was it was a really good film though so uh tender mercies check that out uh my number two is the big chill a film that has been so canonized to me that i just kind of decided to never watch it but this gave me the opportunity to go back on that and i'm glad i did because i did not know how funny that movie was hmm. people have it always sounded like a real maudlin film, but it feels like it's like a proto Wes Anderson film. Mm. It looks no, like it. No, no, it 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 might sound that way, but it's it's not. Yeah, it definitely sounds that way when you read it. Yes, I can I, I can see that. I don't even know who to compare it to because it's not like quirky. It's some of the characters are quirky, but. Not not in a Wes Anderson way. Like it's a little messier, a little shaggier than a Wes Anderson film is. Sure, but I I can't think of anybody contemporary to really compare it to. I'll think of something a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but no, it's <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, wrote and directed this film, and mm. it's it's fun and it's lighthearted, and it's about a bunch of fr friends coming together after one of their friends kills themselves and it really plays the grief in a very natural way where it's not maudlin and a bunch of monologuing about like the preciousness of life, but instead like everybody's having a good time. And then suddenly one person will just be sitting off to the side, like 
bawling their eyes out, but trying not to ruin everybody else's time. Like mm. if you've ever been to a funeral where that kind of happens, where everyone's just, Hey, we're all together. So let's try to make the best of it. Oh yeah, that's right. Our friend is dead. Yeah. Like it's, it plays a lot better on screen than I thought it was going to. Uh, I really enjoyed that film. Sure. Uh, Jonathan, you had said that you probably guessed my number one that you were <laughs> going to watch it today. And that was the right stuff. Yeah. I'd like to say that it's because I'm biased, but thankfully Trav and Zach are here to back me up on how good that <laughs> film is. It's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're just isn't a wasted moment in that movie and it's three hours long and i was gonna say i enjoyed it as a better astronaut movie than apollo 13 i i think it is the best astronaut movie it's the best astronaut movie i've ever seen it's so good and the cast in it is so good and uh fucking fred ward as gus grissom is one of my favorite performances in probably all of film he's so good in that movie uh yeah no it's shout out grissom library yeah i don't know how the director of that was not nominated for best director yeah. and That's peter crazy. yates peter yates and james l brooks and bruce Bersford were fine but philip kaufman just directed the fuck out of this movie and it's mm-hmm. so good it it's unbelievable how good this film is and uh, I, I guess I'll I'll bring that to the fact that this is a five-star film for me, and then Terms of Endearment comes in, and I'm going to put it at my number two. But I also gave that five stars, because Terms of Endearment is incredible. Yeah. It is such a good character study. Shirley MacLaine is just phenomenal in this. Uh, Deborah Winger is great. Like Again, I... I said it earlier i think it's a real actor's movie and the acting really shines in this film and that might be james l brooks's strength as a director is that he knows how to let performances breathe and i can't wait to get to uh um what was his follow-up to this broadcast news mm, yeah. because that's another really good actor's film and everybody and it's incredible um and I think I think his strength as a director really lies in letting letting actors be good on screen, mm-hmm. which is a lot harder of a task than most people think about. Right. I mean, a good actor can be good, but a great director makes a great actor great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer the question, I'm not just like Jonathan said. I'm not sad this one. Would I prefer the right stuff? Yes, but I think this deserved best picture. All right. So Zach. Not yeah, no, we'll go Trav again. Trav. Mm-hmm. I had to fuck it up somewhere for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh is this the worst best picture? Uh not by a long shot. Um again, just because I prefer the right stuff does not mean that I did not think this film was really good. Um, and again, it's because the last 30 minutes really sold the movie for me. And, of course, it's a two-hour movie. It doesn't feel like it's runtime, so that helped it, too. But definitely not the worst best picture um, by any stretch, by any stretch at all. Have you given us a worst 
you've been on before. Sure yeah, um, I covered for you one day, and that was a god awful fucking movie. Great Zegfield. <laughs> oh, uh, th- thank you, Jonathan, for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, nice. So yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely a worse than Great Zegfield. So, <laughs> nice. all right, Zach, is this worst best picture? Hmm. No, it's not. But I think I'm a little, you know, colder on it than the rest of you. I've got it at my. 36 between an American in Paris and Marty. So those are both good movies. Uh, But for me, it's more a three and a half star than a five. So Mm. that's, that's where I'm at with it. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Like you said, I'm a little warmer on this one. I put it at my number 20. Nice. Just, uh, just above the sting and just underneath all about Eve. Didn't the sting Two come out this year. Yes, it did. Okay. (laughs) Got nominated for best adaptation score. And nice. also, Paul kept throwing a. Paul said the word "corky" like three times, and all I could think about was Porky's Two came out this year, and how much <laughs> as a kid I loved watching the Porky's movies. <laughs> oh, always watched them in secret. Oh, know. definitely in secret. <laughs> Paul. Uh, I'm even warmer still than the two of you. I have it up at my 15. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I love this film. I love it a lot. Again, I just think it's an amazing human drama and it's very naturalistic and I'm a sucker for a mother and child reunion. It's only emotion away, you know? Yeah. You know, Uh, I'll I'll revisit this, you know, a couple years down the road. I'm sure I'll warm to it a bit, but um yeah uh now, it, now it, you take your cold heart and you deal with it sir don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so currently it is the last it is the bottom of my five star films okay, okay. so fifth so i've given 15 of the best pictures five stars hmm. nice all right well we'll go ahead and call it there trav thanks for joining us again sir oh we don't want to talk about scarface no <laughs> I, <laughs> scarface oh, is uh, yeah, it, it is a terrible film, uh, and it is the reason that uh, Al Pacino uh, turned into a really bad actor. Yep, I did definitely disagree. Yeah. Definitely I, just disagree. Scarface was a big movie for me in high Absolutely. school and stuff. You know, Grand yep. Theft Auto Thanks. came out, and Vice City. I was in that. You know, listening to Nas and Illmatic and. Just that whole scene. I, I understand it's overrated. It is. It certainly is. But I, oh, still, I definitely don't think it's overrated. I, I think it's hyped up by certain demographics for the wrong reasons when it, they celebrate. It <laughs> is possibly Brian De Palma's worst film. It, I that mean, is I, saying something. I give Scarface the credit of giving us the Al Pacino that gives us the devil's advocate Al Pacino. Absolutely. And he's incredible <laughs> in that film. Who you're carrying those bricks for? <laughs> <laughs> He's incredible in that film. He's, so. he's yeah. great in that fantastic movie. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, I'm surprised that by the end of uh, by the end of The Devil's Advocate, that Al Pacino wasn't a hundred pounds heavier from eating every goddamn set <laughs> in his path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great. But, you know, I've got this shirt. I've had it since I was probably seventeen. This picture. In the back here, um, I got from the Patrick Henry Mall at that kiosk that they used to have. <laughs> maybe you remember. Nice. So, <sighs> no, it. Like I said, I don't like it as much as I did back then, but I still have a soft spot for it. 
I it's like an it exactly it's as an much entertaining as I like it film. Then. It's not. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The you know Miami club life, selling cocaine, having a bunch of guns. That shit's cool to watch. It's not cool in real life to be a part of, of course, but it's cool to watch in movies. And Scarface and Carlito's Way are incredible films. Carlito's Way is a really good film. Carlito's Way is better than Scarface, but Scarface is still an incredible film. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Scarface did not deserve to win Best Picture. It should have won the Razzie, though. Mm. Oh, man. What did win in 83? That's a good question. Hold on. (laughs) I I got to... The Razzies were around in 1983? It started in 1980. Yep. It really started in 1980. That is yes, mind-blowing to me. Uh, How was that not a segment on this show, you know? Uh, mentioned it time every, once in a while. Yeah, uh, Incon. Incon? I-N-C-H-O-N. Okay. <laughs> that was the Razzie? Mm-hmm. What, that, what, did that, it, what did it beat? Uh, Annie. Oh, Butterfly. Uh, Megaforce. Butterfly Sugar Baby. And the Pirate Movie. <laughs> the, the Pirate, pirate Movie. The the Annie pirate came movie. out this year? Annie. Yep. Like yep. Redhead Annie. Yep. Yeah. Like, came out this year. Yep. The movie that started Zach's obsession with redheads. Mm. I would hope not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't born yet, so I could have saw it as a little kid. And Oh, we watched this all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. I've never been a fan of Annie, personally. I... Like, I don't hate it, just you know. Never I like the stage. I was more of a Shirley better. Temple kind of guy. Yeah. I I like the stage musical a lot better because it is far more political. Oh, just to point out, a, when it comes to the worst original songs from the Razzies, okay, uh, the pirate movie was up for two of those <laughs> oh, for their shit. songs, "Pumping and Blowing" <laughs> <laughs> and "Happy Endings." The pirate was, movie. I, I think was I have this a porn? <laughs> Is there a hyperlink? Please click on. It. So it's an Australian <laughs> so, musical romantic comedy. Then the the cover art is two naked people wrapped around in a Jolly Roger, but <laughs> in a Jolly Roger. <laughs> uh, I bet they're getting a Jolly Roger. Oh God! <laughs> All right, Jolly Rogering. <laughs> The fact that it mm. made money, though, is impressive. I got to say this. I've got to say this, though. This Versus the right stuff that lost money. <laughs> this movie actually this, made money. Well, it this made $3 sounds- million dollars off of its $6 million budget. Yeah, but right stuff lost like $3 million. Yeah. So I'm just giving credit where credit's due here. This shit sounds exactly up my Apparently alley. Apparently, it's based on this. the Pirates of Penzance. Oh, God yeah, damn it. I'm, I I'm have definitely to see watching this, this film. <laughs> Paul, you know what to do. You know what I'm, to do. I'm, to I'm on this. it. I am on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Oh, we should start doing this, at least mentioning the best picture nominees for the or the worst picture Razzies. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, didn't know the Razzies have been around that long, to be honest with you. I thought it was like a new century thing where, no. you know, 2000s and up. Um, yeah, Douglas MacArthur. Or no, uh, Lawrence Olivier playing Douglas MacArthur. Uh, one, the worst actor, <laughs> beating Arnold Schwarzenegger for Conan the Barbarian. Mm. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention Hercules came out this year with Hulk. Lou, uh, Lou, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, came out this year. And, you know, just not mentioned. Yep. Not mentioned. Uh, Lawrence Olivier played Douglas MacArthur. <laughs> that, that sounds incredible. Who's buried in Norfolk, of course. Yep. Mm. And then Ed McMahon was up uh, one for worst supporting actor. 
<laughs> yes, butterfly. You are correct, sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so maybe that's what we'll do. We'll maybe do a quick recap of the Razzies at the end of the show. But we will call that here tonight. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me at Altorn underscore Occam on the Twitter, TikTok, Twitch.tv, and the Letterboxd. Um, Zach, you know what I forgot to ask you? Is there anything you'd like to plug, sir? You oh, said Zach, you meant Trav. I meant Trav. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to lie, that's actually the second time, but I covered it up better well, last time. The things I want to plug, I cannot name on this podcast, good sir. But shoot your shot, shoot your shot. Well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for uh Jonathan to move over here and get in this queen size bed with your boys. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. no, you can find me on leveling up with Benjamin Banks every single Tuesday. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, we're on. And of course, that video portion of the podcast is on Fridays, so that's what I'm plugging, baby. <laughs> Zach, I did it again, but backwards. <laughs> Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on TikTok at House Havoc, uh, Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R, Letterbox, search by my name. Uh, and that's it for now. Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father's Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterbox, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I had a banner week of watching new movies. I'm just gonna saw that. Jealous. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna make like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and give you the rundown. <laughs> uh, I watched this Finch. Movie came out this year, this this week too. <laughs> That's right. Is it no longer uh, Tom Hanks and Chappie too? Oh yeah, Tom Hanks and Chappie too. Sorry, I'm just reading straight off the thing. Uh, a film that I enjoyed. I thought it was really cute. Uh, I especially love the fact that uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, has a bunch of postcards of bridges. Oh, <laughs> I, you have feelings about bridges, don't well, you? I love bridges. Hey, yes. so, something important was announced this uh week about bridges here in Virginia, sir. That's right, and I loved that too. <laughs> Thank you, infrastructure. Thank you, Senator Mark Warner, for announcing that. <laughs> uh, I I rewatched Curse of Chucky for the first time in a while. Incredible uh, film. That whole series uh, of films and the new TV show, all great. Uh, I went and saw Last Night in Soho. Oh. And I oh, liked oh. it. I, I mm. didn't love it, but uh, mm. I definitely think it was better than Baby Driver. Mm. <laughs> I think. I think Baby Drivers is. Oh, I thought film. you were making mention to my letterbox uh, thing because I said I need Baby Driver too now. <laughs> oh, no, I, I missed that. I'll check that out. Uh, I watched The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Incredible. Oh. I loved it. Uh, I, my review on that is I felt like this was made just for me. And according to a lot of reviews, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not picking up the best reviews. Uh, I watched Zola finally, which is wild as shit. Uh, check out Zola if you get a chance. Uh, I watched Spencer, the new uh, film about Princess Diana starring uh, should be Academy Award winner in 2021. Uh, Kristen Stewart, that woman is incredible. Give her an Oscar. I just went and saw Belfast today. My review on it says Judy Dench got two stars on her own. 
Mm. Just by being there, though, I'm sure. Just by being there. Just yeah. bling bling. The finest woman who ever existed. And uh, of course, I watched Clifford, the big red dog. Because love is magic. Love is, love magic. is magic, and I love it. <laughs> uh, as a quick uh, correction here, I went to the wrong Razzies, by the way. Uh oh. Oh, shit. Was that 82? You went to the 82 Razzies. I went to the 82 ones. Um, Lonely Lady won Worst Picture. Okay. uh, Up against Hercules, Jaws 3D, Stroker Ace, and Two of a Kind. Well, I got to say, I'm glad you did because you turned us on to this pirate movie. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being a fuck up, Jonathan. (laughs) Because what's funny is Barbara Streisand got nominated for Worst Actor in Yentl. Boo. So. But Christopher Atkins ended up winning for A Night in Heaven. And Lou Ferrigno was also up in Hercules. I mean, of course. Christopher Atkins was also in the pirate movie. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, He's just... racking up the Razzies. <laughs> also, Jaws 3D. Should have absolutely won that award. Yeah. But also a uh, lot of staying uh, alive did, is in the Let's be real. Amityville Horror 3D came out this year, too. So oh, let's, boy. Let's not a... Uh... <laughs> I put a hold on Jaws oh. just <laughs> And as a just a quick fun little note here for you, uh Superman three was up for worst musical score, Trev. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't I don't care. That is ridiculous. Mm. I don't think uh, Williams did that one. No, it was uh Giorgio Moroder. Oh, okay. Really? Okay. Dubbed the father of disco. Indeed he was. So all right. There's your correction. All right. Clifford the Big Red Dog, my uh, six-year-old really loved it, too, and I liked it as well. Nice. Because love is magic. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sydney and Sandy, the Shrieking Dolphins, were up for worst new stars in Jaws 3D, by the way. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes they punch down a little too much. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. What are we watching next week, Zach? We are watching... Oh, God. Am I going to do this? Amadeus, Amadeus, I guess. Yeah, we're watching Amadeus. You can rent it on Amazon, Google, Vudu, and YouTube. All right. We'd like to thank Trav. Trav, thank you. From our sister podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks, for producing our show, we would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at the Oscar Rusty Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, much like my children told me to do with Clifford the Big Red Dog. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. So mighty like Conan. Fix your damn mixer. Dude, I found out what's wrong with it. We'll talk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So for Trav, Jonathan, Zach, and the nurses who need to give my daughter the shot! I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>